The following program is sponsored by Lindis Construction. This is the WCCO Home Improvement Show, brought to you by Lindis Construction. One call, one contractor. Lindis Construction provides Minnesota and Wisconsin with the best products and workmanship. They provide leaf guard gutters, asphalt roofing, metal roofing, season guard replacement windows, exterior siding, remodeling, new construction, and more. If you've got questions, they've got answers this hour. Here's Denny Law and Andy Lindis. Andy is taking the day off today. I think we can call him the birthday boy. He was just celebrating that uh, in recent days. But our friend Luke Panic is back. Good to see you, Luke. Good to see you, Denny. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and your family. Now, have you all uh, finished? By the way, if you have any kind of a home improvement question, especially if it concerns a deck, would you like a new deck? Maybe you want to get rid of the old one? Or you want a porch built? Or you want to just ask another home improvement question of this guy? Luke Panic will uh, do that for you. Call it in or text it in, 651-989-9226. And as usual, the text number is 81807. Uh, when you are uh, visit us here from time to time, you tell us about uh, the projects you've had. Now, did you not build your own home or pretty close to it? Yeah, I did. We, uh, it's 99% finished. Oh, <laughs> There's still a story to tell. You and I, a few, a couple, a couple pieces of trim left to do, but um, I've told my wife she needs to plan a party. Um, that always triggers me to get things done. I'll get it done. Yeah. yeah. That's how I finished the deck this past summer. She planned a party. You need that you motivation. Need yeah. Otherwise, just like, you know, the shoemakers, kids yes. have no shoes, right? Isn't that true? Uh, again, you can call in your uh, home improvement question or, t- or text it in uh, to Luke. Are a lot of folks doing that very thing as far as uh, g- getting rid of old decks or maybe just deciding, hey, let's finally get that deck built? Yeah. It's really uh, been busy for decks. There's a lot of. Uh, excitement in building uh, decks right now. It seems like a lot of people have ambitions of redecking their their wood deck that was built maybe twenty years ago, and with all the new materials available. Now. Yeah, yeah. And oftentimes they want to, or their their goal is to take off the old decking and put on the new decking. And oftentimes we don't end up doing that. We end up replacing the frame as well. But um, we've been very busy with decks. Still, we've got quite a lead time. Really? So if somebody's interested in having a deck built next year sometime? Call now. Call now. Call now, yeah. yeah. How call far now. out are you? Well, I, I uh, we say we're... Oh, weather. You know, yeah, weather. weather it's, what, what screws us up here is, as far as lead times is that we don't know how many we can be able to build in the winter. Yeah. And we don't know how long this winter is going to last. So spring always varies a little bit. But generally speaking, we're into the middle of summer right now as far as a lead time. They used to give us a, a pretty high percentage of people that wanted this low maintenance material versus cedar versus wood. Is that yeah. still pretty high? The percentage they want. Uh, 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 what's what's the what's the material that, that Andy always talks about? Zuri. Zuri. Yeah. Is that? It's probably yeah. It's still eighty percent. I'd say maybe ninety. It's 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 wow. most of them for sure. Most of them. What it, about railing systems, Luke? You know, we do mostly metal, uh, mostly a metal rail system. Um, probably the most popular one is called made by a company called Fortress, and they just make railing. They're not they they've dabbled in decking. What does it look like? Like kind of like your traditional iron railing. Okay. Uh, it's more um, I don't want to say modern, but a little bit more contemporary looking than what 
It seems like 10 years ago we were doing a lot of railings that looked like your front porch painted wood rail, colonial kind of rail, and now sure. we've kind of gotten away from that primarily because the the dark, the black, bronze color railings with the thinner balusters and the thinner rails are easier to see through. You preserve sure. the view of whatever it is. You typically, if you want to be out on your deck, you you want you're looking at something other than sheetrock and a TV. So that's a good point. Uh, the view is is paramount, and and those railings provide the best view through it without going to like a glass or something. So that's I think that's primarily the reason, and plus it complements whatever color decking that you got. Yeah. You mentioned glass. I know there's somebody, a friend of mine, I, I think he had uh, a railing system put in several years ago with that. I don't know what kind of glass it is. Is it like a, it's not plexiglass. It, no. What is it's it? Just it's just real tempered temper, glass? Just tempered glass. Um, How was that attached on there? I mean, is, you, you must have great vision there, view. Yes, unless you have a, a dog <laughs> who likes to breathe on it and <laughs> smudge it all constantly. <laughs> glass is Gives you the best view for sure. And, you know, what's more common, uh, you can do glass panels, which are just fixed panes of glass, usually thick. Okay. Um, Got to clean those, though. Oh, maintenance. Talk yeah. about maintenance. You're, you're cleaning those constantly, you know. I bet. In your backyard, the, constantly. If you're okay with that, great product. Fantastic view. It's like it's not even there. But... We can attach it a number of different ways. Glass panels can be assembled without any top or bottom rail, so it's just the pane of glass with like these big clamps at the at the ends that fasten to the post, kind of like a a hingeless or a, a frameless shower door. Oh, sure. You know what yeah, I mean? That's good analogy. Yeah, yeah kind of like that. Or we can even use what's called glass balusters. So they're these planks of glass, and there's actually space between them. So air can still flow through the railing. That's what one of the downsides of a glass panel is it stops the air movement. So on those hot days, you don't get the Well, that's breeze. a good point, too. It's that's a, the trade-off there. It's a wind barrier. Yeah. yeah. 651-989-9226. Luke Panic is in. We're talking decks. Uh, we have been. We don't have to just talk just about decks. How about porches? Are people interested in adding a porch to their home? Yeah, days? I've been working on a couple of porches right now, um, all different kinds of porches from three seasons to four season. Um, we're using a product called Sunspace quite often that offers a nice big open feeling of screen room that uh, is able to close up with an acrylic material. Mm. Uh, that's pretty popular right now. Um, otherwise, just your standard, uh, we need we need to add on a room, a room that we want lots of windows in. That's a common uh, request as well. We want more glass. We want to be able to see the outdoors, but we don't want to be part of it. I know in the past, Luke, um, you, you've talked about the uh, uh, Diamond Pier system for uh, sort of looking for footings. Yep. Uh, do you do that for porches too, or is that in, the other way? The, in the, some cases, we can. You can. Um, not always. It, it kind of varies by the city official. There's a heavier one. The, the, the standard one we use for decks is called a DP50. You can use a DP75, which is a, just a bigger version of the DP50 that has a bigger load capacity. Um, most of the time, we're using a conventional footing pier for that, a 20-inch diameter, 60-inch deep elephant foot style footing is what cities typically want, or a helical pier, an earth screw, if you will. Okay. All right, tell you what, let's do this. Let's take a break. 
as we always have to do this time. If you have a any kind of a home improvement question, if it's about decks or porches or anything else, 651-989-9226, or send a text, 81807 for Luke Panic. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to our home improvement show brought to us every Saturday in the 9 o'clock hour by our friends at Linda's Construction. Uh, Andy's taking the day off today. Luke Panic, Linda's porch and deck specialist, is with us today. So if you have a question about those two items, call us or text us, 651-989-9226, or uh, send a text, 81807. We have both, Luke. So let's uh, bring on Dave, who's calling from Clear Lake. Uh, Dave, you're on CCO with Luke. Thank you, Denny. Hey, you guys were talking about the uh, the glass on the deck. Mm-hmm. We we have that installed, or we did it about 14 years ago. We live on a, a small lake uh, between St. Cloud and Clear Lake, and with the glass in there, it just gives us a great view. It is literally maintenance-free. We put in the three panels between the posts and the railing on the top when they installed it, they just put it up into it and then dropped it into a, a groove on the bottom of the panel down below, which is that, that bottom panel is maybe four inches from the deck. And uh, we have a dog. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it is literally maintenance-free. The first year we thought, gee, we're going to be cleaning it. And we did a couple times, but it didn't need it. It's been basically, uh, if it's the rain or whatever, but uh, we, we love it. That's great. Do you do you put any coatings on it or anything? I've had people put like uh, Rain-X on them. We have put nothing on it. Nothing on them. Good. It's literally been maintenance free. That's fantastic. uh, My wife came up with the idea to do some etching around on the glass with the loon on it and and the the framing of of about a half inch of etching all the way around it. Wow. And like I say, it's just great. We love it. That's that's neat, Dave. Little artwork there, artwork edition. Yeah. yeah, great. Thanks for calling, Dave. All right. Yeah, I wonder if uh, where Dave lives uh, versus, let's say, here in the heart of the metro, where you have a lot of traffic, a lot of maybe more dust. I don't know stuff like that. You know? I'm sure that all has an impact on I'm it. Sure, but that's good, Dave. That's nice. That was a few years ago too. They uh, had that done. If you want to ask a question to Luke Panic six five one nine eight nine nine two two six, send a text eight one eight zero seven. Let's see. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what. Jeff is calling from Waconia. I want to get the callers on here because they've been waiting. Go ahead, Jeff. What is your question? Uh, question is that we have uh, some decking material. It's called Evergreen. Uh, I think that it's made out of Joplin, Missouri. Um, it's been on our deck since 2011, um, and it's been great. But uh, we're wondering how to clean it. It's starting to show uh, a little bit of molding in some of the shadowed areas. Um, and if there's a specific combination of water or bleach or soap or whatever that we should be using. Yeah, there is um, formulas for making your own, you know, cleaner batch. Probably the easier step is to just go down to your local hardware store and, and go to the paint section and look for a composite deck cleaner that's just ready, mixed, ready to go. You're just going to dilute it with water and spray it on and wash it. Um would be my suggestion. You can also use a power washer if you want, if you're careful with it. Um, but you should, I'd, I'd recommend uh, moving forward. I'd recommend doing that every year, even if it does, regardless of what it looks like, because constantly the organic material is growing, whether you whether you can see it or not. Mm. So it, it, it's something that you so stay ahead of stay it. Stay ahead of it. You're you're far better off than trying to clean it after, because the dark molds that grow 
can be difficult to remove. And that vintage of decking is a composite, so it has wood flour in it probably, and uh, it's hard to get that mold out sometimes. So, All right. There you go, Jeff. Thank you. Jeff leaves that uh, line open, 651-989-9226. Again, text number 81807. Don is calling in from Minneapolis, I believe. Don, you're on CCO. Good morning. Good morning. Um, So I have a question about a flagstone patio that I put in. I use some stuff called gator dust to put between the flagstones. My understanding of that was that it was supposed to, once you spray it, with water, um, it was supposed to be a solid mass, sort of flexible, rubbery material that went all the way the the full depth of the cracks between the flagstones. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't put it in myself. I I had had it done. I hired somebody to do it, and what I got is just the very top, like eighth of an inch is sort of solid and um below that it's sort of just sand and a little bit of rock and uh my question is did they just put it in eighth of an inch deep or why is it failing on me so what uh this is this is a great question i Ironically, I did this exact project myself this summer. Yeah, I put in a flagstone path and a flagstone fire pit, and I used exactly gator dust. Hmm. And I've never done it before in my life. I just went on the— You were nodding your head. I was. Yeah, I was completely at the mercy of the experts that I bought the product from. Uh My my experience was, you know, the flagstone is a good two inches thick. It's a thick stone. Right. And so the groove, you know, the space between those— is deep because you're setting those flagstone in sand, and so yeah. the, it's just hollow. So n- now I can I. So when they when I put that dust in there, we kind of poured it into each crack, and you fill uh-huh. it completely up to the top, and then you water it, and the water just penetrates down, and that's it. It should right. be solid gator dust from the top of that joint all the way to the bed of sand that they set the stones in. Now, I, that gator dust is not cheap. Uh, so, could no, a, it's could very a, expensive. Could, could a company fill it up a bunch mm. with sand and just put a little gator dust on? Cut top, a corner. Cut a, do a little shortcut there to save some money. I suppose that's of interest. I hate to say that somebody did that to you without, you know, you'd almost have to sh- stick a screwdriver down in there to see, but it should be gator dust all the way to the bottom of that joint for sure. And then are they breaking apart or cracking or pulling apart? Well, um, I've had some spots where it's just basically got holes in it and the gator dust has kind of flaked away and it's coming out of there. And so, you know, you pick it up and, and the gator dust part, I mean, the part that seems like it's gator dust is only, like I said, eighth of an inch thick. And then underneath of that, there's just, you know, what appears to be just sand and and a little bit of pebbles and stuff. Um, but it's a different color and texture than the gator dust? Right. Mm. That doesn't sound it's good. totally uh, gritty. Mm. And my assumption right from the get-go was that this guy filled the crack as much as he could. Now, I I paid for the gator dust. I bought all the gator dust myself. Oh. And um, 
he came along later. I know I hated us to fill more than fill all those cracks. And then he took the gator dust. My assumption is that he was basically trying to take the material and uh, get away with, you know, the the expense of that. Do you still have his number? (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I've called him about it and, um, you know, told him that I didn't think that he installed it correctly. And everybody that I've spoken to about it has said that it's supposed to be sort of a a flexible rubbery yeah. material that yep. goes all the way through yep. the whole depth and yep. and I shouldn't have mm. the situation that I have at no. all. And so your experience has been that and not this uh really thin layer on top. And, Absolutely. And it's 2 3 inches thick and, and the joints they vary from a half inch to 4 inches with really? flagstone. Oh, yeah, sure. they're yeah, big yeah, yeah. and I haven't seen a crack, I haven't seen it move. It's like just one giant strong mass it's impressive material i've never seen anything like it because wow. it actually flexes a little bit and it's called again gator dust gator i'm sure dust. that's a brand name i'm sure there's more other. than other brands but i think that's a popular one i've seen them at patio town i've seen it at rivard stone in somerset where i bought it um the professional that's what they use it's a good good product mm. um and it's crazy how it's it's still it's like a mortar joint but it stays flexible it's pretty wow. pretty neat Don's guy may have been trying to cut corners. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I hate. It's to, hard to say. You, someone's got you got to really look at it. And, and I'm not a landscaping expert, but I just know enough to be dangerous. But I, I, I think that that's kind of what sounds like what happened. Yeah. Hopefully, he wasn't on the side of the road selling bags of gator dust Whew. at a discount. I don't yeah. know. Well, good luck with that, uh, Don. I hope you get, find the end of that story. Uh, we need to take a break. Okay. We have another half hour of show to go. If you and by the way, Jeff and Mary, hang on. You're going to be next on the phone. If you want to send a text to Luke eight one eight zero seven or call us six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. And good morning. Welcome back to our home improvement show presented every Saturday by our friends at Lindis Construction. Andy Lindis is uh, taking the day off today. Luke Panic, the deck and porch specialist, among other things, is. Uh, Nice enough to be in uh, for Andy today, answering your questions. So if you want to call, uh, ask Luke a question, you can do that or send Luke a uh, text. That text number is 81807. But Luke, we promised Jeff and Mary we'd get their questions answered. Uh, Jeff, you're first up here in Forest Lake. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. I'm in the process of uh, installing the insulated uh, window film on my windows. Okay. On the interior. You know, to keep the draft out. Sure. Yeah, like the the saran wrap plastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you got it. All right. All right, I do this every year, but uh, last year I didn't clean the adhesive and the tape off good. And I'm sure there's other people out there. Does somebody have a solution how to get that old adhesive and tape off the trim? I've tried Goo Gone, I tried denatured alcohol, and I tried scrubbing on it with window cleaner to no avail. Well, those are going to be yeah. my suggestions. <laughs> you kind of you kind of expelled all mine. Uh, I don't I don't have a good. You would uh, think denatured alcohol would do that. Yeah, you would. You know, and I don't want to put something on there that's going to affect the varnish on the trim. So it's a natural varnish or yeah. natural finish on the oak or whatever. Yeah. You know? Well, maybe one of your listeners out there would have a <laughs> Jeff, solution maybe. for me. You, you <laughs> took the words out of my mouth because we have so many smart... They will have a solution to removing adhesive 
from your windows. Perfect. Frames. I'll listen, and hopefully somebody will solve it for I you. I hope so, too. Thank Thanks, you. Jeff. Appreciate that. Yeah, somebody will have an answer. Yeah, and I'm yeah. guessing it'll involve vinegar. It always involves vinegar. Some <laughs> old solution wives thing always involves vinegar. And it helps. Sometimes yeah. it works. Sometimes it works. All right. Let's see what Mary in St. Paul has for a question. Hi, Mary. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? Well, um, I had a new roof put on my house. And I have a question. I just want to know, how how do I know that it was done right and that everything is up there is okay without me climbing up there, which I won't do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, the, the the company that did the roof, did they take pictures of the process and uh, to post for the building inspector? Um, well, he, they, they didn't talk to me about it. Okay. Well, that would be my first uh, – when we do install a job, there's a whole – we photograph the process. So – and that's not only for us and our records, but it's for the warranty that for, – for GAF. Oh, sure. The yeah. manufacturer that we use, so they warranty our roof. That's what we do. After – unfortunately, once a roof's installed, it's pr- there's only so many things you can see. You can see the edge. You can see where the shingles hang over the edge of the roof, mm-hmm. and you can see if there's the proper underlayments, the roof edge the starter row, uh, and the ice and water. That all is visible. What's underneath the rest of it up there? Who knows? Unless you take shingles off, you can't see. So uh, there's not a lot you can see except for the edge, which will tell you some things, but that's about that's about it. You can also look in the attic, and you can see some things if the vents line up with the holes properly to see if they did a good job or if they, they trim back the ridge for ventilation properly, if they did a ridge vent. Those are probably your your indicators that you can exceed at this point. Is that go ahead, Mary? Well, I, I was just wondering, do they when they say they have to pull a permit, okay, do that does that mean that somebody will come out and check their work when they're yes. finished? Yes. The the inspector is going to inspect certain uh uh-huh. steps of the process. In the in your you're in you're in mini you're in oh you're in Saint Paul? Yes. Uh what year was your house built? Oh, gee, it's, well, it's like 54 years old. Okay. So at that point in time, you may have, it's possible you have wood planks up there instead of plywood. Um, mm. And so that's one of the things that we look for is the gap between those planks. And if it's wider than a, a one by six, it has to have plywood put over it. And, and so that's a common miss from companies. But... That that is something that should be inspected by the building inspector, which is why you pull the permit. Yeah. All right. Well, good luck, Mary, with that. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Who is next? Uh, Tommy's calling from Shoreview with a question for Luke. Go ahead, Tommy. Yeah, I've got a solution for that fella. Tell him to go to the auto store, get himself a can of carburetor gum out, put some on a rag, and it'll wipe that glue right off there. So some carb cleaner. Carb cleaner. Wow. There you go. All right. There's one solution. Without vinegar. Yeah. Carb Interesting. Cleaner. That sounds aggressive. It really does, doesn't it? I, but it's good. I mean, that's... What do they You say? probably use carb cleaner. You're the motor guy. Yeah. Once... Yeah, but... <laughs> I haven't... Not for, or do you just talk about motors? No, <laughs> yes. I play a doctor on the radio. Oh. I'm not really a doctor. <laughs> Uh, but uh, that's uh, that's interesting. But I'm trying to think of the chemical compound in carb cleaner. No idea. Um, 
No it's idea. It's got to be pretty. It's got to be petroleum based. Cost. Yes, 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 indeed. Tommy, thank you for that tip. I bet we get more. In fact, let's go back to the phones because Mavis in Plymouth has a question or a, a comment. Go ahead, Mavis. What is your idea? Hi. Um, I don't know about the carb cleaner, but I know what I use. It's called Goof Off. Yes. It's not Goo Gone. It's Goof Off. Goof Off. Yeah, I'm familiar with that. Did he say, yeah. I can't remember, he said something doesn't work, whether it was, wasn't it a Goof Off or Goo Gone? He said Goo Gone. Um, now I got, right. I got Emily Lindis is just texting me. All right. She knows she, her stuff. She's evidently texting for Kev. Kevin says WD-40. WD-40 is a fish oil base. He says that'll clean off the, the goo from the windows. But I, I've i used WD-40 for just about everything. But I've never tried it for removing goo, but Kevin says that'll work. Interesting. We just got a text, guys, and Kevin and Emily. Lighter fluid. Lighter fluid. I don't know. Sounds sounds flammable. Uh, let's let's talk to Karen, who's calling with a solution from uh, Bloomington. This could turn into a whole other show. Karen, <laughs> what is your solution? Well, Kevin just took my thunder. Oh, really? Uh-oh. WD-40. Oh, WD-40. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Which one of our mechanics the other day told me, um, I forget what the guy's name is, but WD-40 was his 40th formula. That he had tried and that finally he tried came. and finally got right, and it was it's uh, it's a fish oil base. A lot of people will put it, squirt it on their fishing lures as a fish attractant or snow shovels. Really? Oh yeah, because so it keeps d- the snow from sticking on your snow shovel. That's a good idea. But isn't the WD? Doesn't that stand for? I'm trying to think, is a water displacement something like that? I no idea. I don't know. But forty. Well, you keep trying all the way. Fortieth try. Right. The, the, the light bulb. I don't know how many times that. Uh, how many tries that took, but. Well, we were correct, and our caller was too, that we'd get some solutions from uh, from our listeners. So if you're just joining us, uh, the gentleman who took off his uh, the plastic, the 3M product from his uh, windows to keep the draft out, left some adhesive. Yeah. Couldn't get it off. So the yeah. question was, <laughs> how do I get, what, what, I've tried everything, and it Real doesn't work. residue, yeah. But I'm still some so WD forty. No, let's try. Some, everybody's got a can of WD forty right. somewhere. Absolutely. All right, we're going to take a break. I I'm I I bet we have more more solutions coming in to get rid of that adhesive, among other things. But if you have a question about a deck, about porch, about your house, call it in or text it in. Luke Panic from Lindis is in for Andy today. In the Twin Cities, twenty is our temperature reading. We're in the midst of our home improvement show. Linda's home and have I spelled it yet? L-I-N-D-U-S. Filling in for Andy today is Luke Panic, the Linda's, uh, among other things, porch and deck specialist, answering questions beyond the WD-40 comment because we're still getting questions about that, that adhesive removal, and we'll pick up on more on that. In fact, I'll tell you what. Uh, there are a couple of text messages referring to that and some other ones too, but Wayne in Brainerd, I think, uh, has one too. But Wayne, what is your solution? Yeah, I've been putting that stuff on for over 40 years on windows, and that's not an adhesive. That's a double-sided tape that goes around there first, and then you put the plastic on it. So what you need to do is is to get that double-sided tape started, and it'll peel right off there. But I have never seen it be a, 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 a liquid adhesive. It is a double-sided tape, a special okay. tape. And get it started, and it'll peel right off there. 
Oh, all right. Well, that's you just have to have a little of patience. A couple of texts, as Luke knows, uh, suggested um, uh, either a heat gun or a hair dryer. Soften it up. To soften it up. But, yeah, I think Wayne is right. I think it is a double-faced tape. Yes, it is. Right. I, I, I suspect how easily it peels off is dependent upon the surface it's on. The wood could And how be, long it's been on. Yeah, <laughs> if the wood doesn't have a fresh, nice coat of varnish underneath yeah. it, it and it's to dry wood that's cracked, it might come off a lot more difficult. All right. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate that. Let's go to Clear Lake, Iowa. And I think Tom is there. Tom, you're on CCO with Luke. Hi. I'm going to have a steel roof put on in the spring. The contractor is advocating he puts purlins down over the existing shingle roof and put the steel roof on top of that without removing the old shingles. I'm wondering if that's uh, an acceptable practice. I would not recommend that. Um, I think it's best, always best, to get the shingles off uh, because it gives you the ability, number one, to inspect the condition of the substrate underneath there, the plywood. Number two, you're able to get brand-new underlayments on there. If you're going to invest in the steel, you're looking, you're trying to invest in something that's going to last a long time. And now I have seen people just screw shed steel down on top of shingles, um, and I think it's a... Of, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a shortcut that's not worth taking. If you're going to do it, do it right. Get it all back. Check the check the plywood. Put down new ice and water. Put down a good underlayment, and then put the steel roofing on. It's probably the last thing you'll have to worry you about. You probably don't have to do yeah. it again. But yeah. if you you know the steel roofs aren't swimming pool liners. Uh, you know that like all products, a lot of it is how good this what's underneath it sure like the gal that just called in said i wonder if they did a good job well we don't know because we don't know what they did for underlayments it's a critical part of the job so not a shortcut in my opinion that should be taken so the answer is tom if you can tear off absolutely all right texter says this luke i put a two by eight ledger board on my house 20 years ago do I need to replace it before building my deck? Also, the rim joist on the 1911 house is 2 by 8 but I'm wondering if I need a 2 by 10 ledger if I use uh, 2 by 10 joists for framing the deck. Yes. Yes absolutely. to all of that. Yeah. Uh, you really want to have a new ledger. It's critical that that gets flashed properly with new flashing. So taking off the old ledger is important because you also want to see, just like we talked about, with the with the roofing, you want to see if any water's got behind that ledger. Because if you point. don't know, you don't know. You want to make sure that it looks good behind there and that it's waterproofed properly and flashed properly before you put all this money into an, a new deck. Very good. Preparation again, eh? Uh, let's see. Uh, your thoughts, Texter says, uh, on replacing a deck with green treated and using existing joists and frame which are in good condition. Great question. Something I something I have to discuss with people on a regular. I bet basis. you do. Yeah, and it's it's pretty. If you're doing the job yourself and you're you're, you're it's a do-it-yourself project, you can certainly entertain removing all of the decking and all of the screws. It can be a tough job because if you, when when a when a deck screw's been in a deck for twenty years, it doesn't want to back out easily. The head will break off. The screw wants to. Break. It's not an easy job, so it takes a lot of time in order to remove all the screws and the planks in order to salvage that joist. So typically I'm telling people it's not worth it to try and save those joists. Just We can take off the deck in a couple of hours with a 
with some uh, some Armstrong. It's gone. You get a brand-new frame. We also typically put the joists a little closer together, 12-inch centers, for synthetic decking because synthetic is more st- stronger. So we like yeah. to have them closer together. And the framing part of the deck is the least expensive part of the deck. A joy, a new joist, a new 2 by 10 would be 16 17 18 bucks. A new deck board of Zuri could be $120. So your money and the materials of a deck go into the not into the frame, but that's what you're walking on, and that's yeah. what you see after. And that old joist might have a little bow or a sag because it was green-treated wet lumber when it was put in, and it warped. And now you're going to – when you put brand-new – perfect decking on you see every imperfection in that deck that you may not see right now so i always recommend putting on a brand new frame if you can i really really do good deal uh back to the phones luke Uh, clarence is calling from st paul i believe clarence you're on cco with luke good morning Uh, if if we're going to put decent footings down for a new deck why, why can't we just put a footing next to the house and then not have a ledger board and have a quarter or half inch gap between the deck and the house so we don't have to mess with the house siding. Sure. You could do that. There's nothing wrong with that. If you is if you're gonna put footings along next to the house, um and have posts, you can do that. A lot of times that's not attractive because you got posts right next to your house. Oh, yeah. Or you have windows that you're putting posts in front of, but it may be a circumstance where that's not the case. You certainly can do that. And it's doable. It's absolutely doable. It, it's just a detach. It's not an attached deck, so it's sitting on it, just like a deck that's out in the middle of the yard. It just yeah. happens to be real close to the house. <laughs> Good way you of know? putting and, it. And there are there are instances where that's what you got to do. There may be a you know I've looked at some projects where we've got really rough rock exterior on old buildings that were uh, built with old field stone. It's like, well, how do we connect a good ledger board to this? You know, and you can't. You can't anchor it properly or flash it properly. So you put footings next to the house. Absolutely. All right. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate the call. Let's see. We have some textures, too. Let's see before we run out of time. Here's one that says, I'm going to build a, a dock-like boardwalk over a boggy area that will be 18 inches above ground using 2 by 6s Would you recommend ground contact treated wood for the frame? Yeah. Uh, you can get a ground top. What he's asking about, ground contact treated wood has a higher treating capacity uh, or component to it than regular treated wood. It's called 0.6 treated lumber. Um, and so we use that for treated uh, wood foundations, anything that's going to be in direct contact. Typically, if it's if there's a good airspace between it, you don't need to do that. But anything that's going to be continually in contact with the ground or have very poor ventilation, it's a good idea to use uh, ground contract treated lumber. So absolutely. Luke, we have about 60 seconds to go. Let me grab one more text. I'm, uh, I'm redoing a cedar deck, Texter says, about 700 square feet. What material to use to replace? Uh, low maintenance would be preferred but open to suggestions. I would recommend choosing a cellular PVC product. Um, that is your most durable, long-lasting product that we have available today, whether it be a Zuri or an Azek is another brand. That's completely PBC. There is no sawdust mixed into it at all. And this other text is about the same thing, same answer. What product would give you the most bang for the buck, taking into account the maintenance? Yep. Yep. I would say the most bang for the buck is the middle grade of AZEC. Their line is the most affordable, but it's still all PBC. Luke, always a pleasure. Good to see you again. Good to see you. All right. Merry Christmas to you and your family. And to you. And we'll probably see you again, I hope. I would imagine. All right. Good deal. Keep that uh, WD-40 handy. I will. All right. Very good.